0: Welcome to the Urkebulan TV podcast series. This episode will have five segments. One, African politics. Two, American politics. Three, idea profile. Four, social, bite and perspective. Five, news roundup from around Africa and the world. So we begin with Africa politics. Uh, this is an opinion or a polemic. For a country to be great, it needs all four, all three aspects correct, correct. That is political power, economic power, and cultural power. So, who are the leaders who best espouse these uh, values of modern or contemporary times? So we start with political power. Political power that obviously goes to Kwame Nkrumah with this pan Pan-African, Africanism agenda. He famously, famously said, Seek if the political kingdom and everything else shall be added to you. And the Afro Caribbean George Padma believed in Kuroma so much. So that, sometimes to an embarrassing fault, he believed Nkrumah would be the one to liberate the black race. But unfortunately, his ideals never got to fruition as the young Kuruma government was overthrown in a CIA-backed coup in 1966. But nevertheless, Kuruma's vision of pan-Africanism lives on and it's up to the young Africans. <laughs> take over then we go to economic power economic power that goes to Thomas Sankara he was the president of Burkina Faso from 1983 to 1987 In those four short years he transformed Burkina Faso tremendously he used just a small car and sometimes even a bicycle to travel the civil servants officers used ventilators but he removed that so that they could feel the heat just as the normal Burkina Faso citizens were feeling. And most importantly, he built schools and hospitals at such a staggering rate that Lee Kuan knew would would have looked like a prophet of poverty. And then he did the unthinkable. He drew Burkina Faso from the World Bank and IMF dependence on aid. So this is what might have cost his life. For he was betrayed by his friend and compatriot, that is Blaise Compaore, under the behest of France and so he was assassinated in nineteen eighty seven. So economic power that goes to Thomas Sankara. Then you have cultural power. Then that obviously goes to Steve Biko, the South African anti apartheid hero. He was so great, his ideas spread so far and wide that he was a threat to the apartheid South African government. And they only kept you if they knew they could use you as some letter dead. sir so Steve Biko with his black consciousness, consciousness movement had to go. So you have that is political power, Kwame Nkrumah, Economic power, Thomas Sankara. Cultural power, Steve Biko, South Africa. I think those are the three we should emulate to make Africa's superpower politically, economically, and culturally. So that's about African politics. Then we move to the second part of the podcast. That is American politics. For so long... Uh, immigration has been a thorny issue in American politics, and that's why I think America should encourage legal immigration and discourage illegal immigration. So, but the current President Joe Biden is rolling back the gains of Trump made in stimulating immigration. Immigration to America should be a points based system more like the one in Australia or Canada. So that means the higher your pro- academic qualifications, the more experienced you are professional, and you have ex- exceptional talents, the more your points, the more your merit to immigrate to America. But now Biden is making illegal immigrants be emboldened. They now have a caravan. All the way from Central America and countries like Honduras and Haiti who are emboldened by a uh, maiden's a uh, nice approach kid gloves approach to illegal immigrants who are squeezing American taxpayers money because they need food stamps and unemployment benefits the thing is simple if encourage legal immigration which renews the economy. For example, Eric Yuan, the current founder, the founder of Zoom, which is the current verb, for video conferencing. The Chinese immigrant to America applied for American visa eight times. That is how much his promised. He saw the promise and potential of America. So America needs more of such talented people from all over the world coming to renew the American economy. So Biden is on to an America last agenda with his open policy towards illegal immigrants and they should quickly revert course and return to the Trump era America first. Okay, that is a... Second segment that is American politics. Then we go to the idea profile, that is the third segment of this Al-Kemulan TV podcast series, podcast episode. So, this idea profile I simply ask should Uber drivers be treated as employees or as subcontractors? The labor unions and the state of California argue that Uber drivers are basically employees because they are restricted, they are not like subcontractors who are openly allowed to carry on with their jobs. So they are entitled to the employee benefits like insurance, uh, travel and leave allowance and holiday allowance. But Uber argues that it is merely a connecting app between the driver and the commuter. And so it has no obligations to the driver apart from the commissions. Commission it pays him. It may train the driver more, but that is basically an addition. So that's the the future of work will be determined by whether Uber drivers will be classified as employees or subcontractors as freelancing, consulting. And subcontracting all merge into one sphere, especially with the remote working. All of them are all freelancing, subcontracting, consulting, are all merging as work moves uh, remotely. So that's basically the idea profile for today. Then we we'll go to social bite. Is colorism rampant among the black community in america and around the world okay here is what colorism is colorism is basically preference for light-skinned individuals within members of the same race especially women in a french advert the successful black family is depicted as one where a successful black man is married to a light-skinned or biracial woman. So and the French sociologists argue that the disappearance of the black French will not be in the battlefield like during the wars, but in the bedroom, because biracial children often tend to marry white. You can see, like Meghan Markle is married to the white of the whites, that is Prince Harry, or even uh, the daughter of Obama, Malia Obama, could be described as biracial since she's 25% white. She's married, she's engaged, or she, her boyfriend is a British aristocrat, and they met at Harvard. So. Colorism. And then you find that in Rwanda, during the French colonial rule, the light skinned uh, Africans, Rwandans, were preferred over the dark skinned Africans in promotion for jobs to the next job group. So this led to a, a resentment among the darker skinned Africans, and in fact, was the pres- precipitate for the genocide later on in 19. 19- 94 for the dark-skinned Africans were an underclass while the light-skinned Rwandans were the ruling class. All this was perpetuated by France. And then the eminent uh, Harvard intellectual, black biracial Harvard intellectual, W.E. Du Bois coined the term the talented 10th. In this talented sense, he said, the 10% of the rest responsible for lifting up the other 90% of the rest. That is the talented 10% concept of W.E. Bois. So he said, Black Americans, Blacks, especially Black Americans, needed to have their own ten- talented 10th aristocracy. So W. Du Bois was himself a biracial African-American. So he listed 30 blacks he thought would form the African aristocracy to lift up the African-American people. But among these 30 people he listed 29 were biracial, himself included. So he thought the black race needed to a culture, just like a racist, would think. And that is what colorism has brought us to. And in fact, some argue that the reason Obama was able to appeal to so many whites is because of his biracialism. He he used his near-whiteness to appeal to white votes. Otherwise Jesse Jackson elected he would have been the democratic nominee in nineteen eighty eight, but maybe he was too black for some white voters. And then so that's the social bite about colorism. Then we go to the news round the final segment. So here's the letters from around Africa. They were also okay, Zimbabwe Vice President Mohadi. Has designed then nigerian kidnapped zamhara school girls are freed, and then there's an opinion piece there in all africa the come that is kidnapping is a new threat to education in nigeria then a news swiss newspaper apologizes to konjo Iweala, that is the new director general of the World Trade Organization, WTO, because they refer to us as a grandmother. Then you have Ghana President Nana Kufwado got vaccinated. And then the uh, Nigeria begins online registration for COVID-19 vaccinations. And then you have African policy experts to develop leadership skills in Italy. So you can head over to www.africa54.co.ke for the uh, for these opinions majorly and also a bit of news from around Africa and the world. So that is www.africa54.co.ke and remember to look over my book on Amazon Kindle that is the New Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango. That is the New Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango. It's only 4.99 dollars, and you can preview it the first 20 pages of free to read. That is the New Africa Rising. The New Africa Rising by Collins Mabinda Okango all this information is on www.africa54.co.ke where you will also find this podcast. Thank you. That is the roundup for today. Thank you.